Welcome to Better Animal Handling, episode 159. Center of Missouri, USA. I'm C.B. Chastain, your guide to better animal handling, and Abby, my cattle dog and self-defense instructor co-host. Say hi, Abby. Our goals are to improve your knowledge of why domestic animals from chihuahuas to Clydesdales act as they do and how to better handle them safely and humanely. Today's episode's on how to defend against a vicious dog attack. Our topics for this week are Incidents of serious dog bites, preventative steps for dog bites, and proactive defenses compared to reactive defenses against dog bites. Each year, dogs kill about 20 to 30 people in the United States and seriously injure at least 800,000 with bite wounds, serious enough to require hospital attention, and are estimated to inflict a total of 4.5 million bites. Horses kill more people, but dogs cause more hospitalizations. The most dangerous dogs are larger dogs, not because they necessarily bite more often, but because their bites inflict more damage. Most dogs involved in a killing are in the 50 to 100 pound range. The ability to inflict a killing bite is instinctive. Non-fatal wounds are usually to the arms, hands, or face. In addition to the puncture wounds, a large dog can generate enough pressure to cause significant crushing injuries. Tearing injuries may also occur when after making the bite and holding on, the dog shakes its head and sometimes its whole body, or the victim tries to withdraw quickly. Preventing bites includes selecting a dog appropriate for a family's living situation and family members, socializing the dog to other humans and animals in the first four months of its life, and training the dog to simple commands. The dog should also be kept on a leash while in public, and owners need to avoid aggressive games like wrestling or tug-of-war with the dog. If the dog is male, it should be neutered early in life. A safe and secure containment, which is a well-maintained fence, kennel, and crates should be maintained. Tethering dogs should be strictly avoided. Each dog should receive playtime and short periods of training each day. Isolated dogs become irritable, unsocial dogs. Supervised contact between dogs and children is beneficial to both. 
However, a baby or a small child less than six years of age should never be left unsupervised with a dog, particularly larger ones, which are more than 50 pounds. Children need to be told and shown by example how to properly handle dogs. No one should tease dogs by pretending to hit or kick or to take their food, toys, or treats. A dog's ears or tail should not be pulled, and the dog should not be sat on, climbed on, or ridden. Children should never approach a strange dog or run from or past a dog. They should watch far and avoid unleashed dogs. If approached, a child should freeze, in other words, be like a tree, but not stare directly at the dog. They should count slowly to five and then slowly move away backward or sideways. They should never turn their back on the dog. Dogs that are nursing, eating in their crate, or sleeping should not be disturbed. Dogs should not be petted without permission from its owner. Children should never reach over a fence or into a car or truck to pet a dog. If knocked down by a dog, the child should be like a rock, that is, to roll into a ball, cover their face and neck with their hands and arms, stay still, and not scream. Defense in dog attacks can be either reactive or proactive, but preparation for both is advisable. Basic defense includes not screaming, avoiding eye contact, remaining motionless, and backing away slowly when the dog moves away or hesitates. Preparation for attack by a large dog begins with knowing to avoid running from the dog if not absolutely positive there's time and a definitive way to escape. If an attack appears unavoidable, an obstruction, such as a bag, backpack, umbrella, coat, bicycle, car, should be sought to be between the victim and the dog. The dog should be ordered to back off with a stern voice and occasional yells for help. Wrapping an arm in a coat can help in defending off an attack. If the dog attacks an arm, it should be kicked hard and repeatedly until it releases. A nearby stout stick or similar object should be sought that can be used to keep the dog at bay while backing towards safety. If there is no escape evident and no nearby object to use as a weapon, a stationary object should be grabbed to prevent the dog from knocking or pulling the victim to the ground. If knocked to the ground, a victim should curl up in a fetal position and press their fists into their neck while keeping their elbows firmly against their chest and their legs curled up and held tightly together. This position will protect the carotid, brachial, and femoral arteries as well as the abdomen. Proactive defenses begin with never trying to handle an aggressive large dog without another capable handler present. It's also important to be mindful of both the dog's body language and the handler's. 
handler body language suggesting fear to the dog can provoke an attack. Other proactive defenses may be a non-lethal dog defense weapon. The policy of the American Veterinary Medical Association is that electromuscular disruption devices, EMDDs, also called stun guns or tasers, should not be used on any animal for routine capture or restraint. Animal control or law enforcement officers may use EMDDs with non-lethal force to, per- to respond to aggressive dogs. Sprays that use capsaicin, citronella, and similar irritants require close proximity and an accurate aim. They may also infuriate an excited dog rather than deter it. Pressurized air horns can be an effective deterrent at a greater distance and not require aim. Using an air horn can also deter multiple dogs simultaneously and alert others to either help or to avoid the aggressive dog. Another proactive defense against dog bites is to encourage the elimination of bite-provoking stimuli. Actions or circumstances that can provoke a dog to bite include being tethered on a rope or chain, teasing, taunting, play wrestling, trying to protect food or puppies, the presence of a female in heat, loud noises such as firecrackers or gunfire, or demonstrating fear. Dangerous dog legislation should also prohibit tethering, which has been shown to cause dogs to become more aggressive. If you have comments or you're interested in a particular animal handling subject, contact us at cbc at betteranimalhandling.com. Now let's recap the key points to remember from today's episode. Do not run from a vicious dog if there's not a certain nearby means of escape. A pressurized air horn can be a reliable deterrent to a vicious dog attack. Large aggressive dogs should not be handled without another capable adult handler present. Abby says it's time to wrap up this episode. More information on animal handling can be found in my book, Animal Handling and Physical Restraint, published by CRC Press and available on Amazon and for many other fine book supply sources. My new spiral-bound handbook, concise textbook of small animal handling, was recently published and available from all major science book supply sources. Additional information is available at betteranimalhandling.com. This website has more than 150 past podcasts with notes on handling of dogs, cats, other small mammals, birds, reptiles, horses, cattle, small ruminants, swine, and poultry. Don't forget, serious injury or death can result from handling and restraining some animals. Safe and effective handling and restraint requires experience and continual practice. Acquisition of the needed skills should be under the supervision of an experienced animal handler. Thanks for listening. Abby and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll talk about herding versus driving cattle. Hey, Abby, do you like to herd or drive cattle? Oh, you like to herd them because they beef about your driving.